Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of sharpenedartist.com. I am joined by my co-host, Barb Sodiropoulos. Barb, how goes it? Oh, it's going great. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about just three things. And these are items that you can incorporate or items I feel like that lead to success. We're titling the show Some Keys to Success that Don't Involve Talent. So whether you believe in talent or not, there are some other things outside of that. If you believe in natural ability, that's a a whole different show. But I believe there's a skill in uh, certain things that you can do to level up your particular art craft. And I think, Barb, you believe that as well or or not. But uh, I think think we're kind of alike in in, uh, believing that it's more skill than anything else. Nature versus nurture, right? But anyway, so we've got three things today, guys. We're going to talk about this uh, three different ingredients or items that you could concentrate on and focus on these keys in order to level up. And they do not involve talent. Those three are belief in yourself, observation, and studio habit or sketchbook type of practice. Yeah, I think these are really important things to talk about because I think, you know, to your point, there's a lot of focus sometimes that, you know, you have to be talented to make it as an artist. Yeah. And, and while that may be true to some extent, I think the, the three things we're going to talk about today are really things that I think every artist who is successful does embrace and practice on a regular basis and is just as much a part of their success long-term as having some sort of natural ability. Whether they think about it or not, right? Whether they're even aware that these things are contributing to their success. So yeah, awesome. I love it. Okay, so number one, belief in yourself. Believing in yourself. Barb, I remember very early on as a child even, being told certain things about my artwork. Now, they may not have been true. <laughs> they were they were subjective, of course, but I believed them to be objective truth. Things about, you know, how good my artwork was and things like that. So I think those are important to foster that belief early on. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I've often sort of thought that even when in my own situation, when I was younger, I remember always getting compliments on my artwork. And I'm not saying that to to sound like, ah, from a young age, <laughs> I, I was telling, you know, that's not She's my point savant. in telling that story. I, I mean, I think even in your case, that's, that's no, not the point yeah. we're getting at. The point is that this, you know, for me, it was, I, I wonder sometimes if just this belief that was sort of instilled in me that my artwork was good was something that was really propelling me forward to continue doing it. And, and you know, I mean, people know that, you know, with, with little kids, you always overpraise right. them, even if, you know, something's not that great. You yeah. tell them it's wonderful. Even if they color and, Shrek purple, and that sort you know, of thing. you don't tell them, yeah, no, totally. color green. And so you just praise them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and I wonder sometimes, like, if I just believed that so yeah. much that I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I am good at this, you know, and. And there's there's power yeah. in that. There really yeah. is. Because I think, you know, just like there's power in saying the opposite right. to somebody and making them feel like they shouldn't believe in themselves or they're not good at something or, you know, like those those words can be equally powerful. Right. And 
I know certainly in my own situation, even when there's been times in my life where I haven't maybe had the most self-confidence, I have always believed that I was good at drawing. I've always, I've always really, um, innately sort of believed that like, you know what, I may not be great at this or I may not be the prettiest or it may not be whatever, but I really believe that I'm good at drawing. And and I feel good about right. that. And no one's going to take that away from me because it's something that's that's yeah. mine. And I think, you know, that belief, it led me to continue drawing all through my teenage years. It led me to believe I was good enough to try and get into art school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's certainly continued to propel me forward. And, and you know, it, it's not that I think that I'm the best in the world either, but I believe in myself mm-hmm. enough to keep pushing forward. Like even when I'm trying something new, I still believe that I can get there at some point. So even if I'm not where I want to be right now, I believe that I can get there at some point. I believe that I know that I could put in the time and the effort to do that. So, you know, belief is such a strong, strong thing that can propel you to push your artwork forward. Absolutely. As a person thinks in their heart, so are they. The wise men said that. And it's so true. And, and as you alluded to, you've seen that borne out in your life. And I have as well in mine. Um, and my, my grandmother and my sister were two key players in forming that irrational belief <laughs> that I have in myself. Because it was irrational uh, for a long time. And I still continue to develop and grow because of that belief that I feel like I can always improve and always get better. And I also feel like it's something that I'm able to do. I'm able to, to draw and improve. I can improve that skill all the time. But I remember, and you might even say that was kind of a, a little bit of a mini mentorship that I was having with my older sister, you know, and she was she would show me things and she'd say, well, what about if you did this? And she would show me on a separate sheet of paper right beside me. And I'd be like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't think about that, you know, and very instrumental in that way. She was, she's a great artist in her own right. And I didn't have that from my parents because they were, neither one of them were artists, but my grandmother, I would create artwork for her as hideous as, as it must've been at three and five and seven years old, you know, that kind of thing. But she would talk about and brag about it and talk about how wonderful it was. But I had that belief all the time. Like I'm, I'm a pretty good artist. You know, I, I know I can do that all the time. And then you just foster that, right? The older you get and you keep working with it. Barb, I am so excited to talk about this brand new chart that you came out with. And that we collaborated on where I gave you the list of colors that I've gravitated towards over the years for my portrait collection of colors. We've come up with 65. I'm so excited about it. The sale on this is going on for just another week. Yep. Yeah, the sale ends on October 31st. So make sure that you take advantage of the discount. It's the lowest discount we're ever going to offer on this particular chart. It's 40% off. So if you go into the show notes, you'll see a code. Sharp Art, you have to enter that at checkout to receive the discount. I'm really excited about how it's been doing so far. The reception has been wonderful. And John, thank you so much again for 
putting together this wonderful list. For those of you that may not know, there's also this really great five-step tutorial that John has done that also links to a one-hour video that also explains in detail every step that he goes through in the document version. Yay. Yeah, I'm so excited about that too. That was a lot of fun to put together, but it gives you some practical application of using these very pencils to complete a portrait. So go over to the show notes. We'll have the link set up for you over there and grab that before the sale ends. Well, and I think it's it's interesting and I really am curious if anyone's ever done a study on on just the power of belief with something mm-hmm. like that. Like if you could actually just through the power of like belief and suggestion, essentially, if you could. I mean, I guess it would be hard to ever really tell like whether they just had the natural ability already or if just the belief itself was enough to propel them to be good at something. But I mean, I mean even you can take this analogy into things like sports too. Like, you know, there's so many yeah. uh, there's so many people. It's like, yeah, I remember watching a movie, um, it's 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 surrounding the nineteen eighty eight Olympics, but it's called Eddie the mm. Eagle. And this guy, like, he just wants to be a ski jumper and like He's not really that good at it, but he just loves it so much. And eventually he makes it to yeah, the Olympics, yeah. you know, and it's it's really a heartwarming yeah. story. But it's just one of those things where it's like, what are we truly capable of if we take the time to really just invest in the belief in ourselves? Yeah. Because, you know, any given day, you can spend enough time telling things to yourself that are negative yeah, right. and awful. And, you know, how much of the day do you actually spend telling yourself things that are positive? Mm-hmm. And so in relation to your artwork, How much time do you actually say to yourself, you know, if you're a beginner, if you're just coming back to art, sitting there, you know, maybe you're not where you want to be with your art right now, but are you actually taking time to say to yourself, you know what, it's okay that I'm not where I want to be right now, but I know I can get there. I believe in myself that I can get there. And it may not be in a month, it may not be in a week, it may take you years, but just having that genuine belief in yourself is is a driving force. It's really very, very powerful, yeah. I think. Well, I wonder, like you, I wonder if there have been, maybe there has been some studies that bear out this whole idea. And I wonder if it is in sports, actually, because that's that seems like a, a logical place where that might be something within some of the, the great coaches of the past, uh, where maybe they have fostered that because, you know, you kind of rise or fall, um, based on how much your coach believes in you. I just go back to my days in sports. I I really would look at the eyes of my coach sometimes to see if, are we going to win this or not? And if, if it was a close game and it was like, you know, as a kid, you're looking at them and you're thinking, oh, they've already decided we're losing this, you know, and it was in their language and posture and the expression on their face and that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. So you can instill that belief, but see, here's the thing. You can do it to yourself, guys. You can you can change the story. And if you think right now, oh, no, I, I don't really believe in myself. That's my problem is I don't believe in myself. Then change that story. Some people tell themselves all kinds of things like I'm not a morning person or I can't stop smoking. I've never smoked, so I can't really say that one and be fair <laughs> and objective about it. But I mean, you could tell yourself a story and you can create this self-fulfilling prophecy. There's a really good book. I think it's good. I haven't read it yet. I have on my list that I want to read, and it's called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. I want to read this. Greatness isn't born, it's grown. Here's how. And it looks like a pretty good book. But 
that whole belief in yourself. And I want to give you permission today. If you're listening and you're thinking, I wish I did believe in myself, then here's the thing. You can believe in yourself. I believe in you and you can believe in you and just tell yourself, look, change is possible. I can achieve more than what I have already. Look back through the lens of, you know, have these rose tinted glasses when you look back and just say to yourself, look, here's the things I did right about this particular project or groups of projects. And I can keep working on those areas and even become better than what I am today. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm finding really valuable about doing artist mentoring is just that, you know, you know, you and I both talked about the example of having been told a certain thing since we were children, but just because you weren't told that as a child, it doesn't mean that you can't then change, like you said, the narrative as you become an adult. And sometimes it means, you know, finding a good mentor, finding a good coach, finding somebody who is going to be your Mm -hmm. cheerleader and, and sort of give you that insight that you maybe don't have for Mm -hmm. yourself. I mean, you know, I think it's very common, especially as adults, like, you know, you you don't see yourself the way other people see you sometimes. Right. And it takes sometimes somebody else. Now, and, it, and it's not that you should rely on the compliments or the, you know, encouragement of others for, t- you know, to de- determine your mm-hmm. self-belief and mm-hmm. self-esteem. But what you can do is use it as a stepping stone to start to look at yourself yeah. differently, to sort of, you know, you still have to do the work yourself to to genuinely believe mm-hmm. it, because if you don't truly in your heart believe it, it it's still not going to happen for you. Right. You, you. You can't rely on just compliments alone. Right. But and and that's dangerous, actually, I would say, too, because, you know, for people who, for example, on social media start and we're all probably guilty of this. It's like, you know, you don't get as many likes on something one day and you think that's it. <laughs> Everyone hates me. Right. But it's, uh, yeah. you know, that's not, that's not what's happening. There's a lot of factors going on there, but, but the thing is like, you still at the end of the day need to be okay with the fact that it's like, okay, I didn't get as many likes on this or I didn't get as many, whatever, but I still know that I like this piece and I still think it's good. And that's what matters to me. And, you know, it's, I think adults coming back to art or just starting art especially struggle with this the most because, again, if they they haven't had a lifelong experience as an artist already, you know, they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves. People, for whatever reason, I think I've told this story before, but I noticed it a lot when I used to do the like the paint and wine nights. I'd go with friends and it's it's amazing to me the awful things that people will say to themselves just because they can't paint something. And. You know, most of these people, they, they maybe have a little bit of an interest in art, but they're not, they wouldn't necessarily call themselves artists. And the way that people will beat themselves up, even because they're following a step-by-step tutorial, they just don't get it. It's really interesting in a way, because I'm like, why, why would you think that, like, if you wouldn't go and try and, like, compete in the Olympics and then get upset because you didn't beat the fastest sprinter been in the running like, all their life. You haven't been training for this. <laughs> yeah, their yeah, entire like, life, yeah. But for some reason, people go to these, like, experiences that are supposed to just meant to fun. be fun, yeah. and they just berate right, themselves right. because they can't, you know, and heaven forbid they sit beside somebody who is an artist <laughs> or has some sort of talent, and then they're just, like, watching you and then feeling even worse yeah, with themselves. Yeah. And it's like... Art, in my opinion, should not be something that makes you feel crappy no, about yourself. Right, yeah. Like, and and it and it's not about if one like if you were to sit there and play the comparison game, that's that's that is a slippery it slope is. because yeah. 
you know, if I was to sit there and go through Instagram and compare myself to all the other artists that I admire and follow, yeah, if I sat there long enough and made myself feel bad enough, I'd probably yeah. stop drawing. But, but the difference is, and again, we've talked about this, is that I believe in myself enough to be like, you know what? I'm not a, what I feel is as good as that person, but I like what I'm good at, uniquely yeah. good at. I know that I can improve my skill set. I know that it's a marathon, not right. a sprint when it comes to art and your skill. Yeah. And, and I know that I can get there. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So look at some of the other artists that you admire and just think about the things that you do want to incorporate in your own work. And then when you approach your next piece, think about what is some of the small things that I've seen and observed that I can incorporate in my own piece. So let's talk about number two then, which is observation. Yeah. And I think this is a great segue. Thank you. So I think <laughs> this is a really big key though. I, I really do. Yeah, totally. You, you look you look around and you find areas of interest within other people's work. And I'm talking about not just a colored pencil. Okay, let's go into oil painting and any any other genre or even subject matter outside of the subjects you typically work in. And if you can tell yourself there's something to be learned by looking at anything from, you know, let's take it from one extreme to the other, maybe something that's very suggestive to illustration to a fine art rendering and anything in between in sketchbook or whatever and just say looking at this piece what is it i like about it and observe it carefully look at it and critique it in your head you can do that with photography also and then you can also do that when you walk out your front door and you go to get the mail or you're walking around your your neighborhood or something Look around and say, what is it that attracts me here to this particular scene? Or what is it about, you know, this structure that is attractive to me or this sunset or the midday sun or whatever? Be observant of what is around you. And I think that, you know, I say this a lot. I feel like a broken record when I say it, but I think it's so true that as artists, we live life more fully than perhaps others do because. We're taking in all of these things, but that can lead you to become a better artist because you're seeing things that you appreciate in our natural world. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I'll give you another example of that. When I, uh, when I was a teenager, when I was, when I had my band oh, back yeah. in the day, um, That's awesome. I, I taught myself how to play guitar and then, you know, I started a band with my best friend at the time and you know, we would write our own songs and that sort of thing. And I remember when I found a new band that I liked, I would get almost obsessive about learning everything I could about them, really deconstructing mm. their songs, especially when I was when I was trying to songwrite. So, um, you know, not having any, I mean, apart from taking kind of music in school, yeah. it's, I didn't really necessarily have any formal training in songwriting. I was also a teenager. So, you know, my my way of learning how to songwrite was really to deconstruct. So bands that I really loved, songs that I really loved, really going through, okay, how did they structure this yeah. song? They started with the, like a verse and then they do the chorus and then they do another verse or there's there's a there's a coda here or there's whatever, you know, like really, really digging uh, deep yeah. into the structure right. of it. And, you know, that's the same kind of thing you can do with art. You can you know, find somebody who you, you really love their artwork and really sit there and become a student yeah. of it. 
really yeah. just deconstruct what it is that they're doing. You know, if if you're fortunate enough that this person posts their process mm-hmm. or anything like in depth that way, you know, that's definitely the benefit of people that hold workshops mm-hmm. as well. But sometimes you're really getting kind of like uh, an abbreviated yeah. level of of what they're right. offering. And I think if you really truly want to study someone, you go into, you know, there's there's a few artists that I really love right now where you know, anytime they post something, I'm like, man, like that's how, how do they keep like just banging it out? Like there. I just, it, I want to crawl inside yeah. their mind yeah. and just understand right. their thought process and their creativity and, and what makes them, you know, think of certain things. And, and what's interesting about doing that is when you really, really study, you know, one or two hours mm-hmm. like that, the goal should never be to imitate their work because I don't think that that's what you should be doing, but I think, you know, looking at the structure of what they're doing creatively. Okay. So if they're drawing a flower, how are they drawing that flower? What are they doing about it? Like, what are, what are they doing with it? That's different or what is it exactly like what you said? What do you like about what it is that they're doing and identify those things? And, you know, it's like I said, it's good to do this with a few different artists Mm -hmm. because, you know, when you start identifying those specific aspects of what they're doing that you like. You can start using that as um, areas you can focus right. on in your own artwork. So if you really love the line quality yeah. of a certain illustrator, you can be like, okay, what I really love about their work is their mm-hmm. line work. Their line work is just so beautiful, mm-hmm. so fluid, whatever. So then maybe you spend some time practicing line work or, you know, getting that to be perfected in your skill yeah. set. Like there's there's just things that like when you can identify specific things about people's art that you admire, it helps you then channel that mm-hmm. into how you can improve. Oh, your absolutely. Own. I love that too, because if you select a few artists that you admire and you look at work from different sources, then what you're also going to do, because sometimes it's hard to ferret out exactly what you appreciate about a good artwork. If, yeah. if you're looking at it and you're just like, I don't know what I like about it. It's just good. Then if you do it across two or three people, then maybe you can start to find those commonalities and you can quantify exactly what it is because it may not be line quality. It might be composition. It might be value structure. It might be color. There's something in there that is attracting you to this. So observation is key. I think this is, it's, it cannot be stated enough just how important that is and the ability to translate what you're observing and what you love to your own work. All right. Studio habit, sketchbook practice Barb. What do you think? I think this is a real important one because you can talk all day about theory. You can talk all day about things like believing in yourself, but if you don't ever get into the studio and sit in the chair and, or stand up, if you stand and put the pencil in the hand and start creating something, then it's all theory, right? And just telling yourself, I'm going to get in there and do it. Now, it shouldn't be a struggle, right? It's usually for us as artists, usually we're, we don't have a problem with getting in the studio. But I think the problem, uh, at least for me from time to time, is I let too many other things crowd out that time. I'm telling you guys, if you treat that time as sacrosanct and you say, I'm not going to let anything get in my way from two to four o'clock because that's when I create. 
and you inform the family, you inform everyone else, your partner or whoever, the dog, the cat, you say, you can't bother me during this time because I'm creating art and that is important to me. If you do that, then I believe what can happen is something extremely transformational and revolutionary in your own work. I, I firmly believe that. If I look back and I can point to a few things, that's really high on the list is the ability to just sit there and put in the reps and draw and create yeah. art. For sure. There's no substitute for that. I think, you know, to bring it back to a sports analogy, and it's like, you know, athletes are not, you know, competing at high levels because they just sat around on the couch right. all day. Like they're, they're in the gym, right. they're in their practicing, they're in their, you know, and it's not, it's not, un, it's not different for art. You have to put right. in the reps, you have to put in the time. And if you're not willing to do that, like, you know, you're, you're not going to get as far as you want to go. I think even artists that people would say are naturally talented still have had to put in some sort of time. Yeah. And, you know, I would think the, the percentage of people that maybe can just naturally do something is, is pretty yeah. low. Um, you know, obviously I haven't pulled every artist on the planet, but I would just say that my, my experience and my suspicion is that like, you know, even the, even the people you would consider highly talented are people that are putting in the time, yeah, putting in, you know, their sketchbooking. Like most of the artists that I know that are illustrators especially because i do follow a lot of illustrators are on are constantly in their sketchbook when i was in school in fact i remember all of my illustration teachers telling us that you know keeping a regular sketchbook was something that you had to do and it was something that i was really bad at um but you know since leaving school i've actually really really discovered the value mm -hmm. of it and i feel like I actually now am sort of upset with myself for <laughs> prioritizing it more because I think, you know, I've talked about this before, but I think, um, you know, there's so much value in having that space yeah. that is safe yeah. to just experiment, to try things. Right. You know, right now on Instagram, I'm doing, you know, I, I'm attempting to do a drawing every day, but oh, it's wow. been difficult. But I didn't know that. But, you know, I, I'm doing, you know, it's not necessarily always color pencil. It's usually mixed media or it'll be one medium. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I've, I've picked out a bunch of things that I want to draw mm. ahead of time. And every day I'm Very sitting cool. down and trying to draw yeah. that thing. And what's great about it is, you know, I'm experimenting with styles. I'm experimenting with combining mediums together. And. And it's great because it's this small space that, you know, ideally I don't have to post any yeah. of it. I am, but I don't yeah. have to. Um, and what's great about it too, is that I think, you know, many artists, they think, okay, I got to pick a piece. I got to put all my attention into this one piece, this big piece of paper and this expensive right, artist paper right. that I've bought. And, and honestly, like that's so, I think, especially when you're kind of in the early stages of really exploring, it's so handcuffing yeah. because there's all this pressure to make sure you don't screw yeah. it up and to, you know, make sure it's, it's good. And, you know, I'm really lucky my, uh, my sister does uh, handmade sketchbooks. And so she made me a sketchbook that's filled with, um, Fabriano to that is paper, awesome. which is the paper that I typically yeah. use for, does she need um, my address? for my finished pieces. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, would you like one? I can talk totally to her. I, I got, I got it in. So no, but so what's great about it is, so I have this sketchbook of like you know eight yeah, by eight yeah. paper that is the same paper that I would use as for a final final That's perfect piece. size. But so. I have this small, 
yeah, I have this small space where I can yeah. experiment and do things. And, you know, if it looks good, good, yeah. cool. If it doesn't, not right, a big right, deal, right. right? Like it's, it's, it's giving yourself permission yeah. to make yeah. mistakes. And I think sometimes artists don't give themselves enough permission to make a right. mistake because that's how you learn. Absolutely. Like you, you know, the, it's, it's been said in so many things that, you know, you, you don't, you learn from your failures and it's true in art. It's very true in art. You know, like you'll, I, I just had a situation recently where I did something and it, it, it did not come out the way it should have. And so I had to start over and it sucked to have to start over. But honestly, I learned so much the first time that I can now go into this, this revision piece and be like, okay, I know how I'm going to attack this differently now because I learned so much from this, this previous piece while I'm never getting that time back. <laughs> it's, it's still at the same time. It was such a valuable yeah. experience because I can now take that into something else and, and be more yeah, successful absolutely. with it. Oh my goodness. There was a time that I was not as focused on creating art daily. And, uh, and there, there are still times that I'm not in a sketchbook every day. Like I'm just too buried with, with other things related to the, you know, running a business related to art. But I will tell you that I have noticed just how much uh, more relaxed and more approachable the next project is when I'm doing a daily sketchbook habit and when I'm actually creating every day. So I love that. Awesome. You know, I wanted to mention something before we go today, Barb. You know, we're taking a break from UART right now and they're not sponsoring the podcast. But I did want to mention that UART has a online, they've got an online color pencil competition for 2021. So you guys, at the time of listening to this, you've got somewhere around 14, 15 days left to enter. Awesome prizes available in here. And uh, so we'll put a link to that in the show notes and be sure and check that out. I think it would be a fun thing to be a part of. So if you've got something you've already done on UART, go ahead and get that ready and get it entered. If you don't, there's time to create something. So awesome. Anything in closing, Barb? I think these are three key things. And I think that was a fun discussion. Really take the time to believe in yourself. If you can only pick one of these things to work on, pick on the belief. Pick the belief, I should say. That one out of the three is going to be the most powerful and it will actually lead you into the other ones naturally. Um, I think just just having that innate belief in yourself is so important. And I would encourage anybody, like I said, to to really take, I mean, I mean, it'll translate to other areas of your life too, right? So the benefits are kind of, you know, endless yeah. that way. Awesome. I love it. Very good. Okay, guys, this is a weekly show. So just a reminder, if you haven't followed the show on Spotify or some other podcast player, go ahead and do that. And we'll see you back here again in a week then. So you can count on that. If you are one of those people that you just want to have the show when you want to have it early um, and in video format and rough cut ad free, go over to Monthly Sharpener and become part of Member Circle. And we'll have it available for you over there. Reach out to the show at any time podcast at sharpenedartist.com. We will talk to you again next week. Until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.